lovely to see you. You all doing well? Good. God is good. And that's what I'm speaking about this morning. And um, we have already, this happened when I spoke, was it three weeks ago, about um, the extravagant father um, from Luke 15, the parable that Jesus taught about the lost son, prodigal son, yeah? I think that was about a few weeks ago. And um, in the worship, um, the sense of just God as our good father came through that. And that's really happened this morning as well. So praise God, because he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? It's wonderful. And then that word... (laughs) That word just blows me away. Um, what blows me away about, I think I said this when we got back from Bethel, but what blows me away about this gift that um, Sean Boltz has is that, um, firstly, he only hears from God because he's got a relationship with God. Um, he just doesn't kind of meander through life and, you know, all of a sudden know some stuff to tell a person, but it's because he spends time with the Father and he listens for the father's voice and he's obedient to that and he steps out in that and um he has got a gift um and uh, but yeah what blows me away is that god loves us so much the reason why he gave um Sean those names specific names and dates for those people is because god wants the right the the word that he's got to get to the right person because that is how much he loves um, the people who need who need to hear this word, and we are all, you know, it, just because that happened to Mark doesn't mean that it can't happen to any of us at any time. Um, and I, for myself, I I want to have words for people. You know, um, God God wants people to know His goodness, and if we can get people's attention by, you know, God dropping something in our hearts for somebody specific that we might we might meet them on the street, we might know them at work we might um be there's no young people in here i was going to say we might be at school with them um but you know in every sphere that we find ourselves in um you know i want to have those words like sean does because you get people's attention and they're like hang on a minute god's spoken to this person about me i don't know this person from adam sean boltz doesn't know mark never met him we've been in the same room but lots and lots of people you know there's no way that he could have known via other information what he what he um, spoke to Mark. Um, so anyway, that was just an aside. But I want that. I want to spend so much time with my daddy God that he just drops things into my heart for other people and that I can communicate his love and his goodness. So um, I'm speaking. So I spoke about the good father. So this is kind of like part two of what I was speaking. And you know, one day I'd love to stand up here and not have notes. You can pray for that for me. You know, I've come on a quite a journey anyway um you know god is yeah he's so good he he just gently takes us out of where our comfort zone is and he says just take this just a little step forwards and see what i'm gonna do you know once upon a time i would have been the microphone would have probably been going like this i would be really nervous and um you know god's given me more confidence every time i've spoken but yeah one 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 day I'd love to just be able to like move over here and talk to you and you know it's more more engaging isn't it but I've spent time with God this week and he's given me a message and I've written it down because I don't want to forget anything that he's got to say to you so just bear with me and um you know yeah just just listen with ears and hearts to receive this morning because he wants to put stuff in you um, and it's the right time for that. Okay, so there is loads that I could say about, and I'm sure we could all get up here and say loads about the goodness of God, but I've only got like 
what time is it? Court, 30 minutes-ish. Um, probably less than that. Um, so I can't possibly tell you all there is to, to hear about God's goodness. Um, and the Bible has got, this book is amazing. It's got so much to say about the goodness of God. And um, if you get a concordance, you know what a concordance is? Yeah? So where you can look up words that are in the Bible and it will tell you all the verses that has, contains that word. If you got a concordance, and in fact I challenge you, get a concordance, look up um, the word good and goodness and just have a look about how much there is in this amazing book about goodness. And you'll be blown away, you'll be amazed, there is just reams of it. And if you don't have a concordance, then start in the Psalms because that is just oozing with God's goodness. Okay, so that's the challenge. But I want to start at the very beginning. So it's always good, isn't it? Start at the beginning. So Genesis chapter 1 and 2. As God creates, he stands back and he admires his handiwork. And his declaration is, it is good. That's his declaration over what he has created. It is good. All that he creates, he declares good, including us, including mankind, And we are the pinnacle of his creation. Did you know that? We are the pinnacle of his creation. And scripture says we're created in the image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, that is wow. We're created in the very image of God. You are amazing. You are all amazing and created in his image. Only good things come from a God who is good. And only a God who is good can create good things. And the Bible tells us in James, that's in the New Testament, chapter 1, verse 17, that whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God, at the beginning of time, he created to reveal his glory. He wanted to put expression to his glory. And mankind, we were not only created to reveal his glory, but we were created to be in relationship with the one who all glory comes from. So not only we're an expression of God's glory, but it's about that relationship that we can enter into with the creator of this universe. And later on in the book of Exodus, so that's the book after Genesis, after the fall of mankind from glory, We see the relationship between mankind and God um, developing once again. And there's this guy, cool guy called Moses. You might know him. And he desires an intimate relationship with God. And, you know, he's bold enough and confident enough to ask God to show him his glory. So he's he's got all this creation surrounding him. But yet he knows there's something of God which he's yet to experience, something of God which he's yet to grasp hold of. And so he asks God, will you show me your glory? How bold is that? And God replies to Moses and he says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And we ought to take particular note in the Bible when God says or does something for the first time because he's setting a precedence. He's making a statement about himself, about who he is. And then what we can expect from him in the future. So our ears need to prick up when we hear something from the first time in the word or we see something. So Moses asked God to show him his glory. And God says he will make his goodness pass before Moses. Do you see that there's a link there? God's glory is his goodness. 
God's glory is his goodness. They're bound together in a way that can't be separated. God wanted to give, he wanted to respond to Moses' request. And he wanted to give Moses a revelation of himself so that Moses would really know him. He would really know what he was like. He would really understand God. And if we go to the next chapter, Exodus 34, we find that God did what he said he would do. That's what God does. He does what he says he will do. And Moses had a radical encounter with God. I would have loved to have been, what would, what would you have been, not a fly on the wall there, but, oh man, I would have loved to have been there when that happened. And Moses had this radical encounter with God, which left him radiating God's glory. You know, so much so that when he came down the mountain, he had to cover his face over because he He was radiating the glory of God that he'd encountered. And the people couldn't look on him, so he had to put a veil over his face. Wow. So, yeah, just imagine what would have happened to Moses if if God hadn't hidden him. It says he hid him in the cleft of the rock. And he said to Moses, I'll pass, my goodness will pass before you, but you'll only see my back because I can't look on you because it will destroy you. My goodness, because I'm so good, because I'm so glorious, it will actually destroy you. So he hid, and God hid Moses in the rock. And um, so, yeah, so if that hadn't happened, Moses definitely would not have come down that mountain, would he? Um, But this radical encounter that Moses had with God's goodness was one man and God. Um, And it was where man could not look upon God's face, and he even had to cover it, as I've said, But for us, standing on the other side of the cross, how blessed are we to stand on the other side? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious image. Uh, I'm reading a book. I don't think we've got it on the book table yet. But it's by a guy called Paul Manwaring, and he's based in Bethel, uh, Bethel Church in Reading, California. And um, it's called What on, Earth is Glo- what on Earth is Glory? And we're reading it at the moment, Mark and I. And um, I just found this bit in there that really kind of just reflected what I've just read in that scripture. And um, so Paul writes, Paul Manwaring writes, This request of one man, Moses, to know the glory of God, gave God his opportunity to respond with an answer that satisfied, but which also made seekers who followed, like David, King David, even hungrier to know the fullness of what he allowed Moses to glimpse from behind. Moses glimpsed it from behind. And yet God could not turn, God could turn his face to no man. So he finally answered Moses, David and the rest by taking it upon himself to make the the great request on our behalf. He became a man and asked God for glory. He hid us in the cleft of his body and in his dying beheld the back of God. But after three days, God turned his face. You know, we are no longer separated from the fullness of God's glory. Moses was from his never ending goodness The veil in the temple, it says in the Bible, that when Jesus died and gave up his last breath and gave his spirit to God, that the veil in the temple was torn in two. And this means that we now, we don't have that separation. We have full access to God's glory. Moses' glory was external and decreasing. Guess what? Ours is internal and increasing. 
We are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory. Oh, isn't that good? We're being transformed into his image with intensifying glory. It says in the Bible, we're going from glory to glory. And um, I've often thought of God's goodness in my life as the things he's done for me and the things he's given me. And yes, those are expressions, aren't they, of his goodness and his kindness. But God's goodness is way more than those things. God's goodness is himself. It's his nature. It's his presence. And we only truly experience and encounter God's goodness by being in an intimate relationship with him. That is the only way, day by day. God didn't rescue us by sending his son to earth so that we could just experience God's kindness kind of every now and again in life. No, he wanted it to be a day by day walking with his children, revealing his glory and his goodness to us and shaping us into carriers of that glory and goodness. It's not just so that we can experience it, but so that everywhere that we go in those spheres that I talked about earlier, we are carrying God's glory and his goodness into those places. God is good, in quotes, is something that we can say with our lips, but we can question it in our heart. And it, it can even, that questioning can go on subconsciously. And some people think that God can't possibly be in a good mood all the time. But I want to say, how can you trust God? How can you trust him if he's not good all the time? You know, he can't be good one day when life's going great and everything's hunky-dory and then be, not, be less good, be not as good the next day when things aren't going so well. You know, that is like, that, that theology is like us building a house on the sand. It is going to collapse, our faith will collapse if that's the theology that we have. God's goodness is his very nature, as I've said. And according to what I read in James 1.17 earlier, the Bible says that he doesn't change. It says he doesn't um, shift like a shadow and change. The goodness of God is a character trait that applies to every other attribute that we see of God in the word. So his wrath is good. His holiness is good. His righteousness is good. And his judgment is good. And we have to see, we have to choose to see everything through that lens. The lens of his goodness and his glory. That's what we hang our faith on. And we live, we live in tension, don't we? In our lives. Does anyone feel that ever? I do. I felt that so much this week. Living in tension between where I want to be and where I am. And we live in mystery because we're not God. We can't explain everything. We, can't, we don't have answers for everything. Um, that's going on in the world and sometimes we have to say I don't know but you know what I don't know doesn't mean that God is not good that is not an equation that we should be making we what we have to look at look at is what we do know and we know in this book the Bible we know that God is loving we know that he has unending kindness towards us we know that his mercy and his love and his goodness pursue us all the days of our lives we know that he's redeemed us and he's restored us he and he's he's a good father so at this point i want to highlight some of the things that this great book says the bible says about the goodness of god because god's word is the most important thing 
um, that we that we should listen to and read in our lives. It's the most important thing that needs to go into our hearts. Much more important that, than all my words put together this morning is what the word says. This is the rock that we build our faith and our, build our lives on. It's our strong foundation for life and godliness. So in Psalm 34, verse 8, you probably I'm going to just go through a few, so you probably won't have time to look them up. Um, but Psalm 34, verse 8, David says... Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. So we are to taste and we are to see the goodness of God. And if we open our eyes, we will see it and we will taste it. But it's also about taking refuge in God. That's about relationship. That's about being hidden in God in that cleft, isn't it? So there's two things going on there. And in many of the Psalms, it's repeatedly written, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. You'll find that so many times if you do a study um, of God's goodness. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 4 says, Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. Everything God created is good. It says it in his word. And this is one of my all-time favorite verses, Romans 8, verse 28. We are encouraged by this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And I just want to share a quick testimony on that. In fact, I've got loads of testimonies I could share, but one recent one. So I had a bit of um, a bump in my car in January. Um, Yeah. Um, I had to do an emergency stop so that I did not go into another car who had turned in front of me um, unsafely. And, um, and it's the first one since I'd done a practice one in my lessons that I've ever had to do. I've been driving for nearly four years. Um, anyway, it wasn't a major incident, but I still felt a bit shaken up. It was like my first incident. So I was a bit, yeah, a bit shaky. But anyway, um, I gave thanks because no one was injured. Um, because I didn't go into the car in front of me, which I think would have been a lot worse. Um, and because uh, there wasn't a lot of damage to our car. And um, I was actually able to submit a claim on the third party because they went into the back of me. Um, but the, um, the, her insurance company called me and said, um, well, I just need to let you know that um, the car is beyond economical repair. So basically, what our car's worth, it it's not economical to repair it because the repair would be more than the car's worth. Does that make sense? Um, So he said, you've got two options. The first option is we can salvage the car and give you X amount of money, um, which wouldn't have been enough for us to buy a new car. Um, It would have helped towards it, but nowhere near enough. Um, That car to us, um, it's roadworthy because it wasn't that damaged. It's just a back bumper. Um, It's it drives absolutely fine. It's been a gift to us. And um, we won't be able to replace it. We're not in that place to be able to replace it. So anyway, so that was option one. Option two was, you can keep the car and we'll still give you X amount payout. <coughs> what? <laughs> which, was, which was nearly as much, not far off, the amount that they were going to give us to salvage the car. What? I was like looking at Mark thinking, what is go- uh, has he got his figures wrong? Is, what's going on? So he said, well, we'll take option two then, thanks. So, yeah, he said, yeah, that's what I do too. Like, no brainer. Um, So we got to keep the car, which means 
like I said, we can't afford to buy a new car, so and it's perfectly fine as it is, which is amazing. And then this money came into our account. And um, that money has been able to be used for some things that we needed for our new house. So if you don't know, we're moving just down the road over from Headingley very shortly. And yeah, we needed a few things. Um, and isn't God good? You know, it would have been great if that night hadn't happened. It'd be great if that incident hadn't happened. But God worked everything together for my good, for our family's good. So that's just a little testimony. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? You know, it's his kindness, his goodness that leads to repentance. It's not fear and punishment. You know, this is what a lot of people in the world perceive God to be, that it's about fear and punishment and rules and, and doing, you know, doing what he says and he's standing there with a big stick. No, that is not the God that we serve, the God that we know, the God that we're in relationship with. He, it's his loving kindness that draws us to himself. It's his goodness. He's called us out of darkness into light. That's the message that people need to hear. 1 Peter 2.9 tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and God's very own possession. As a result, we can show the others, the others the goodness of God, for he's called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Last scripture in this bit, Psalm, 30, Psalm 73.28, Asaph says, But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I've made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. And that's key for us. We'll only go from glory to glory, filled with ever-increasing amounts of God's goodness, if we spend time with him in his presence, if we're near to him, if we position ourselves to receive from him. Do you remember I shared when I was talking about the extravagant father, I talked about Mary and Martha. And Martha, Jesus came to their house and Martha was flitting round and stressed out and preparing the dinner. And she goes to Jesus and she says, Mary's just sitting there at your feet. Can you tell her to help me? You know, why should I be doing all this work? Why should I be getting hot and bothered? You know, my sister should be helping me, not just spending time sitting at your feet. And he says, Mary's understood something and I'm not taking it away from her. She's understood what it means to be in my presence gazing at my face, hearing my voice. So we need, it's about positioning ourselves to receive from him um, so that we can be shaped and molded into the fullness of who he's created us to be. We will only become that if we're with him day by day, moment by moment. Secondly, we must tell of his goodness like that scripture says. It says, I'll tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. Revelation 12, 11 says that we will overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So let's keep God's goodness on our lips and find every opportunity to share it with and declare it to those people around us. I want to encourage us that every time we come together, it might be me and Sarah getting together for coffee or gathering together in life groups during the week or on a Sunday morning as we are now or in any other meetings that we can think of. Um, let's share what God's been up to in our lives. Let's share his goodness. And you can even do this at work, you know, without directly mentioning God. Just say, 
what's the good news today? Who's got good news today? You know, it's totally doable. Let's hear the good news. So, and from from today onwards, we're going to invite people, when we gather on Sunday morning, we're going to invite people. First thing we do is, after we've welcomed, is to share what's God been doing this week. We want to hear about God's goodness. Okay, so I want to encourage you, come prepared to share that. Okay. Not not a preach, because <laughs> we, we'll all need to get home for our whatever Sunday dinner. Um, but yeah, now let's come with God's goodness on our lips, okay, to share with one another. So God's goodness in and through our lives is a gift. It's a gift that's meant to be given away. It's, it's got to be given away. It can't just go round inside us. Because we're visual aids, we're the evidence in this earth of God's glory and his goodness. You know, we've been given the freedom by God to pray for goodness to come to our neighborhoods, to come to our families, to come to our schools and our colleges and our workplaces. We've got that freedom to call down God's goodness. Just like Moses said, God, I want to see your glory. Okay? That's our prayer. God, we want to see your goodness. We want to see your goodness. We want to be carriers of your goodness into everywhere our feet take us. Everything that our hands do, we want to just shine with the goodness of God. And, yeah, I just want you to think about who in your life right now needs an encounter with goodness. Who needs that encounter with goodness? It might be someone who's bad-mouthing you at work. It might be someone who's bullying you at school or college. It might be someone who really gets on your nerves. You might live with them. Um, (laughs) Touche, I got you back for the anniversary thing. (laughs) No, I'm not being serious at all. Um, Or it could be someone who you've called a friend, but they've been disloyal to you and they've turned their back on you. Do you know that relationships can be healed and restored through the goodness of God? I've seen that in my life. I can testify to that. Yeah. He is amazing. He brings restoration. Yeah, he is good. You're a good God. What are the current difficulties in our lives that need to be immersed in goodness? What needs to be immersed in goodness in our lives? You know, we're good at enduring situations and putting up with stuff and even accommodating stuff. You know, we just limp along. It's fine. We've got used to it now. Got used to that pain. But... We need to challenge them with the goodness of God. We need to challenge them with heaven. It's not God's best. It's not what God wants. It's it's God's goodness that radiates in us and through us, that equips us for everything we face in life. And when we open our eyes and hearts to God's goodness, it leads us to a place of joy and thanksgiving and trust in him. Let's open our eyes. God is calling us to be a people who make the first move in goodness. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm really good at kind of sitting back and waiting to see what might happen in the situation and and waiting for God to intervene and he can do it through the other person or somebody else that might come, you know, mediate. Yeah? Anybody else with me? No? It's It's quite easy to do that, isn't it? And, you know, we can just... Stay in our comfort zone and not step out. But no, God's calling us. 
Will you be the first to move in goodness, in my goodness, towards towards that person? He says, love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. We need to be those people. Um, and we can only do that when goodness, God's goodness, is a lifestyle for us. Because that's what we're functioning out of. You know, we can do a lot of stuff in our own strength. And it's not, I'm not saying that's bad and God can be in that. But how much better to step out when we have a lifestyle of being in God's presence, being full of his goodness and glory and just carrying that. And it's a natural thing for us. You know, it, it's, nat- it's supernatural, but that becomes the, the norm for us. It's the natural thing for us to walk in that and just to obey God's voice where he says, go and, go and see that person, go and talk to that person, go and give that person what's in your pocket. You know, will we be the ones who say, yep, we'll take the first move, we'll do that we've heard your voice will be obedient i want to be like that we're citizens of heaven and when people look at us they should know they should know what god's like they should see god as jesus said if they've seen me they've seen the father so let's have a reputation for doing good so that god receives the glory remember goodness and glory they always go together we're the gift of god's goodness to the world So let's keep ourselves aligned with him in constant relationship with our good father. As Colossians 1 27 says in the message, Christ is in you. So therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory, his goodness. And that is a now thing. Like some people feel like it's this thing in the distance. Eventually one day when we're in eternity, yeah, we'll get to sharing that. It's a now thing. Yeah, it's it's a now and not yet. It's that tension again. But it, it is not for us to sit on our laurels and just wait for, yeah, one day, one day. No, it's for now. We, we are called to share in God's glory and his goodness now. So the foundation of our faith must be this, that God is a good God. Amen? Who has created us good. Yeah? To be full of his goodness through relationship with him. Amen? And to freely give this goodness away to bring glory to his name. We have a whole community out here who's desperate whether they know it or not they're desperate for an encounter with goodness with god with god and god's calling us us here us who might not be in the room at this moment he's calling us to be those people those ones who demonstrate it who speak it who declare it who live it so that they can come into the same the same relationship with their good father in this house we are real but we also make mistakes and when we do we make sure we say sorry we give second chances to anyone and we also have lots of fun in this house we definitely forgive we also do loud We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we we love. love.